0: And amen, praise God. On this Easter Sunday morning, I always think it's a great thing to reassure ourselves that we worship and serve our risen Savior. So I'm going to say the words, Jesus Christ is risen today, and I want you to respond, every one of you, saying, Jesus Christ is risen indeed. And then together we will say a great hallelujah. So let's reassure our hearts. Jesus Christ is risen today. Jesus Christ is risen today. I think we could do better than that. No. Jesus Christ is risen today. Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. Praise God that we serve a risen Savior. We're going to Luke chapter 24 this morning. Luke chapter 24 and verse 36. And then I want you to... uh, put your finger in at Zechariah chapter 13. Oh, that's a hard one to find. I always tell the deacons and Banbridge, that's in the Old Testament, if you don't know. But uh, Zechariah, it is the penultimate book of the Old Testament. If you get to Malachi, the one before that is Zechariah. And right at the end of the book, chapter 13. However, let's read, first of all, in Luke chapter 24 and verse 36. And as they spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, it is I myself, handle me and see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy, and wondered, he said unto them, Have you any meat? And they gave him a piece of broad fish and of a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. And then verse 50, And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them. He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen and amen. Then that book of Zechariah, chapter 13 and verse 6. And one shall say unto them, or unto him, And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thy hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. May God bless to us the reading of his sacred words. We enjoy many modern choruses, but one chorus that lingers with us, and certainly lingers with me still, is the old chorus that says, Standing somewhere, In the shadows, you'll find Jesus. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you will find him. And you'll know him by the nail print in his hands. I shall know him. I shall know him. When redeemed by his side, I shall stand. I shall know him. I shall know him by the print of the nails in his hands. I say that this morning because in Luke chapter 24, as in John chapter twenty. There were plenty of shadows. The shadows of an early dawn as Mary and the other ladies came to the tomb with a sense of grief and dread. For they believed that Jesus Christ had died. Sometimes, my friend, can I say that grief can crash in upon us. But thank God that in the shadows of grief and sadness, our blessed Lord is never far away. And we will find him, know him. He is touched with every feeling of our infirmity. Likewise also in the evening there was a the shadow of doubt and dread, as those disciples, those disciples, ten of them, and met behind closed doors. The, the doors were closed, and their hearts were closed, for they, like others, had believed that Jesus Christ had died. Therefore, as we have read this morning, into the shadow of their doubt and dread, our blessed Lord Jesus came. And isn't that just like him? He always comes in time to us. I mentioned all that this morning because from the sadness of tears, they came to the place of gladness and and trust. From doubt, they came to trusting. And from the darkness of that early dawn, while the full light of day dawned upon Mary, and that evening dawned upon the disciples, when Jesus Christ himself appeared to them and to the disciples, He showed unto them his hands and his feet, his side. And behold, the wounds of our blessed Lord Jesus. I guess they did not know the chorus that we love to sing. He showed me his hands that were pierced for my sinning. He showed me his feet that were nailed to the tree. I looked on his brow and his side deeply riven. And now I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. I'd like to speak to you this morning on what I'm calling the glorified wounds of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that Christ was always the healer. He is the one who touched the leper, and the leper was cleansed. He is the one who touched the damsel who was dead, and she rose again from the dead. And, and he touched Bartimaeus, and Bartimaeus received his sight. He was always a great healer. Why did he never heal his own wounds? Why is it that our blessed Lord still bore the marks, as we have read it in the book of Zechariah, and one shall say unto me, what are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. I'd like to try to answer that question this morning with some very obvious answers. First of all, can I say that the glorified wounds of our Lord Jesus Christ indicated it was an end to his passion, an end to his suffering. The suffering was over and Jesus Christ was alive. Why, the Apostle John was in that upper room, and John later wrote these words that he believed and declared Him who was the eternal Word, Him whom we have handled, we touched Him, we saw Him. And I say that this morning. Because when we come to the wounds of our blessed Lord Jesus, they are indication of the end of the sufferings of our blessed Lord Jesus. Earlier in this chapter, the Lord Jesus said to the couple on the road to Emmaus, Ought not Christ to have suffered uh, all these things and entered into his glory? I say that this morning because he was speaking in the past tense three times in the book of Luke. Our Lord Jesus predicted that he was going to Jerusalem, that he would suffer at the hands of the Pharisees and of the Gentiles. And each time he told the story, he indicated the severity, how he would be crucified and how he would suffer and how he would die. He would enter into death, but he would rise again the third day. Now the Lord Jesus is speaking of the passion, the suffering, and of his death as in the past tense. It was the end of the cruelty and brutality. It was the end of that hypocrisy and the severity they inflicted upon the Son of God. It is forever past. Thank God we serve a Christ who once suffered for us. He came to bear our sin. He entered into our death. But my friend, that has ended. And when we come to speak of the risen Christ, yet he still bears those marks. They say that of wounds, there are five different sort of wounds. As a matter of fact, over there in the book of Isaiah chapter 53, it reminds us he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. It's speaking of the sense of wound, of the sense of contusion. Contusions are when they sucked and beat the Lord Jesus in the house of Caiaphas. He had those sort of wounds. They speak of the wounds of penetration where thorns pierced his brow and they took the reed and they beat the thorns into the brow of our blessed Lord Jesus. They speak of the wounds of laceration when they took that Roman whip laced with fine bones as we said on Wednesday evening and as they lashed and lacerated and tore those bones those bones across the back of our Lord Jesus Christ. He bore those sort of wounds. I say again, the contusions, the penetrations, the lacerations, the perforations when they nailed him to the cross. And then finally the incision when they took the spear and shunted it into his side. When Jesus showed his wounds, thank God all of that was over. And I say that this morning because Christ does not need to die again. He does not suffer anymore. I say that because for many years we, we worked in Brazil, the largest Roman Catholic country in the world. In the weekly Mass or the daily Mass, they believe that they offer Christ's sacrifice once again. I used to say to our friends in Brazil, listen, if you, if you would to bill in a local shop and you went on Monday and you paid that bill. Let's say it's, it's 20 pounds. It wasn't pounds in Brazil. Let's say it's 20 pounds and you pay it once on Monday. If you go back again on Tuesday to pay the bill once again, ah, they're going to think it's strange. If you go back on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday to pay the same bill once again, they'll be sending for the men in white coats to take you home. The bill was paid once for all. My friend, can I say the wounds of our blessed Lord Jesus, they indicate to us that the price has been paid. It is the evidence that Jesus did it once for all. I say that this morning because we sing, wounded for me, wounded for me there on the cross. He was wounded for me. Gone my transgressions. And now I am free. All because Jesus was wounded for me. I say it was the end of his sufferings. It was the end of the suffering at the hand of humans. But it was also the end of the sufferings at the hands of the heavenly Father. In Isaiah chapter 53, the Bible reminds us that it pleased the Father to bruise him. It wasn't just human hands that took our Lord to the cross. My friend, it was the way of the Father. The Lord Jesus came and said, I must always do those things that please him. Heaven opened and testified, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Three times in the gospel, the Father indicated from heaven that he was pleased with the work of the Lord Jesus. Finally, upon the cross, our blessed Lord Jesus cried and said, it is finished. The work is finished. The Bible reminds us that when Jesus stood before Caiaphas, the high priest, Caiaphas tore his robes. When Jesus upon the cross cried, it is finished, the Bible reminds us that in that same hour, the veil of the temple was in two, from the top to the bottom. It wasn't from the bottom to the top. It wasn't a human hand that took that curtain and ripped it apart, but rather the invisible hand of God Almighty took that curtain 60 feet high and tore it asunder, indicating the work was finished. The price had been paid. Jesus paid it all. And therefore I say again that it was the end of the sufferings at the heavenly hands of the Father. But those wounds, I suggest to you, not only indicate us the end of the sufferings of our blessed Lord Jesus, or the end of the passion, but, but those wounds indicate to us the evidence of his person. I mention that this morning because, first of all, the resurrection of Jesus Christ vindicates the Word of God. The Lord Jesus, at least three times, indicated that he would rise again from the dead. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he upbraided their own belief because they didn't believe. As I indicated to the boys and girls, the central truth of the Scriptures is not only that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, but he rose again the third day. If Jesus Christ had not risen from the dead, my friend, our faith would be in vain. And therefore, the, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, why, it, it validates, the, or rather, it vindicates the Word of God. It also validates the price that he paid on Calvary. It is because the Father was satisfied with the price that Jesus paid that the Bible tells us God raised him from the dead. Listen to what it says in the book of Hebrews. The Bible reminds us that God brought again from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the everlasting covenant. And because the blood was shed and the price was paid, the Father in heaven, my friend, he raised him again from the dead. And here is the risen Christ with the evidence, the evidence that the price has been paid. It's all been settled. I say they are the glorified wounds of our Lord Jesus. There was a spiritual aspect to the reality of a glorified body. First of all, the Bible reminds us that though the doors were locked, Jesus came into the room. Locked doors couldn't hold them. Doubt in their heart couldn't debar him. The Lord Jesus came and stood right in the midst of them and said, Shalom, peace be with you, and showed unto them his hands and his feet and said, It is I myself. Look at my wounds. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. It is, it is I, said Jesus. I say there is a spiritual aspect. Not only was he able to pass through doors that were closed and walls that were sealed, but on the Mount of Olives, my friend, he rose up into the sky and went to be with the Father hidden behind clouds. But there was also, can I say, a material aspect to the, the resurrected body of the Lord Jesus because the Bible reminds us that they... That he was able to eat fish. Have you anything to eat, the Lord Jesus asked. And they brought to him broiled fish and gave a piece of broiled fish and of honeycomb, and he took it and did eat it. Do you know what that reminds me of, my friend? Heaven is not some mystical place that is uh, uh, so, so mystical that it's not real. Heaven is a real place. The Bible reminds us that heaven is a real city. The Bible reminds us that we will work in heaven. We will serve him day and night forever. The Bible reminds us that there are trees in it. Listen, there was a sense of material. Jesus took fish and was able to eat it. doesn't suggest to me what we might eat in heaven, but my friend, can I say, when we get to heaven, heaven's going to be so very real. But there was also this... physical aspect to it, where he was able to show the marks of the nails, and as I've said, John later wrote those words, that which was from the beginning, which we have seen, which we have heard, uh, which we have seen with our eyes, and heard with our ears, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. Because of the resurrection, these disciples were absolutely transformed. The Bible tells us that they didn't believe, but there was joy. They, they 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 couldn't take it in. Some years ago, they had that musical Jesus Christ Superstar and it goes through showing that Judas was the hero and Mary Magdalene was the prostitute and uh, the terrible uh, portrayal of Christ ends with Christ going to the cross, but no mention was ever made of resurrection. I say again this morning, thank God for the resurrection. Thank God for an empty tomb, and thank God for a Savior who indicates to us that he is alive. I said the word was vindicated. Listen, we not only look at the wounds of our Lord Jesus, we look at the word, we listen to the witnesses. The witnesses, why, up to 500 saw him at one time. The Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians indicates to him that he saw Christ, that Peter saw Christ, that Jesus appeared unto at least 500 and said the Apostle Paul, if Christ be not risen from the dead, we are of all men most miserable. But here they met him. They saw the wounds in his hands and it was evidence that this is the same Lord Jesus Christ. I say again, it was the end of his passion but was evidence that he had risen again. I mentioned that in that upper room, there were possibly ten of them. Judas wasn't there, and the Bible reminds us that Thomas was absent. It's a sad thing when Thomas was absent from the uh, company of the disciples, and being absent, he missed the risen Christ. He had to wait a whole week. If you go to John chapter 20, it reminds us, In verse 24, listen to what it says. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus. The word Didymus means a twin. I say Thomas is known for his doubts, and I think Thomas has got many, many twins. Doubt is something that whips us all, touches us all, but Thomas was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, listen to it, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. He didn't say, I cannot believe. He determined his heart, I won't believe it. And after it says again, verse 26, his disciples were within and Thomas was with them Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Shalom, peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, isn't it amazing? He had already spoken to the other ten. But he had singled out Thomas in the midst of all of his doubt and disobedience. I say disobedience because not to believe the gospel is not a a matter of option. It is an act of disobedience. Unbelief is disobedience. Listen to what it says in Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. That Jesus shall descend from heaven in flaming fire, taking vengeance on all those who obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what is the command of the gospel? It is to believe. It is to repent. Those who believed Thomas was in doubt, Thomas was in disobedience, I will not believe. But Jesus stood and said to Thomas, Shalom. Isn't it amazing, just like our, our Lord come to us even when we doubt him? Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing." Thomas answered and said my Lord and my God how he must have fallen at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ crown him with many crowns we sing crown him the Lord of love behold his hands and side wounds that are visible above in beauty glorify that's the Lord Jesus and here Thomas sees him incidentally This is not just only about Thomas, but the Lord Jesus brought us into this portion of Scripture. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they who have not seen and yet have believed. We have not seen him with a visible eye. We have not touched him physically with our hands. But thank God we believe him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I remember as a student in London many years ago, back in the early 60s, attending the Friday night Bible study of Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was preaching through the, the book of Romans and this was now the autumn of 1963 then, when I was there. Sorry, 19 yeah, 1963. And for a month he preached on Romans 10 and 9, emphasizing the importance of believing in the resurrection. Said Martin Lloyd-Jones, the resurrection assumed everything that had gone before. There was a resurrection because there had been a creation necessary of a resurrection because death entered into the world. Resurrection assumed that Christ came into the world, that he died on the cross, that he defeated death, and therefore the resurrection was the receipt, the evidence, that the work had been done, the price had been paid. But then Martin Lloyd-Jones said that the resurrection is the basis, the foundation stone of everything that is to come. We have a new life, In Christ, because Jesus rose from the dead. He destroyed death. He rose triumphant. And the Bible reminds us that the life that we now live is the life of the Son of God who lives in us. Christ in you, said Paul to the Colossians, is a hope of glory. He is the foretaste of glory. And to be with Christ, said Martin Lloyd-Jones, the resurrection is the grounds of the blessed hope whereby he has begotten us from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. And why? Simply because of the resurrection, the resurrection. And here is the Lord Jesus, indicating to him that because you believed, uh, because you saw, rather, you believed. Blessed are they who have not seen. Peter writing says, Whom we have not seen, yet we love him. We're here this morning. And Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. Uh, Number one, those wounds, the glorified wounds of Jesus indicate an end to his passion. Number two, the glorified wounds of Jesus indicate to us the evidence of his person. He is, he himself said, see that it is I this is me, the Savior's glorified wounds testify to us of his eternal praise. If you go over to the book of the Revelation, chapter five, and verse six, John is caught up into heaven. And the beginning of chapter five, he says these words, I saw, and I saw. As a matter of fact, if you go down through the chapter and look every time it says John says, I saw. When it comes to verse 6, it says, And I beheld, I took notice of this. Listen to it. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb. Listen to these words. A lamb as had been slain. By the marks, the wounds. And the Bible reminds us that in the midst of that company, our Lord Jesus is surrounded by 10,000 times 10,000. And thousands of thousands. And they're singing, worthy is the lamb. Why? Because those wounds, that slain lamb, indicates the sufficiency of the eternal work of heaven. My friend, this company of people, innumerable company, Are the redeemed of the Lord? Chapter 7 of the book of Revelation. Who are these who washed the robes and made them white? How? In the blood of the Lamb. The wounds of our blessed Lord Jesus. My friend, when we get to heaven, we will see Jesus. And every time we see him, we will see him in his beauty. We'll see him in his majesty. We'll see him in his glory. (coughs) We'll see the wounds. Crown him the Lord of love. Behold his hands and side. Woods that are more visible above in, in glory, rather in beauty, Glorified. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you failed in your plan? Have you failed in your plan of your I forget the words of this. Have you failed in your plan of your storm-tossed life? Place your hand in the nail-pierced hand. Are you weary and worn from the toil and the strife? Place your hand in the nail-pierced hand. Place your hand in his nail-pierced hand. He will keep to the end. He's your dearest friend. Place your hand in the nail-pierced hand. My friend, I say to you this morning, we shall worship the Lamb in the sufficiency of his work, but also in the majesty of his eternal worth. Listen to what it says. They will cry with a loud voice, Worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. We're going to be looking upon Jesus, the one who was slain. And my friend, according to what we've read in in Luke and in John, he bears the marks on his body. To the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing, and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and on the earth, such as are in the sea, they shall cry, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forevermore. So we meet here on this resurrection Easter morning to magnify the Lord Jesus. Can I go back to the beginning, to the old chorus? Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. I don't know what shadows cross your life this morning. It may be doubt, dread. It may be grief. It may be difficulty. But I'm here to say that standing in those shadows, you'll find Jesus. He's the only one who cares and understands. Standing somewhere in those shadows, you will find him. And you'll know him by the nail prints on his hands. Those nail prints indicate to us that where once he suffered, he knows all about your suffering. And can I say those glorified glorified wounds of Jesus were healed. Reminds us, my friend, that one day, listen to what it says, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That's amazing for those who experience healing in life. But one day, my friend, we'll all be healed. There'll be no more sorrow. No more death. No more sin. No more night. And all because of the Lamb who was slain for us. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will take thy sacred word this morning and bless it to all of our hearts. And grant our Lord that in those dark, shadowy times of our lives that we might know the nearness of our blessed Lord. So bless each person here present we ask and bless us throughout this day we pray in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to sing the praise of the Lamb in hymn number 220. Thine be the glory risen conquering Son.